And we're back for another episode of the Talking Schmidt podcast. Mike and Andy back with everybody in the listening audience. Andy, what's up? What's up, Mike? Good evening to everybody. We have a huge show in store tonight. Huge week in our fantasy league, Mike. Playoff implications are still on the line. And Mike, the Cleveland Browns, they've made national news in the sports world all week since they beat uh, the Bengals this past Sunday. Andy, I honestly, when the Browns win, I think that the sun shines a little brighter in Cleveland. You notice fans wearing more Browns gear out and about. It's just a happier time in Cleveland. And as we know, Cleveland is a football city. And Andy, <laughs> it was really funny because this morning, so you know how Facebook gives you those uh, those memories that pop up, you know, what, what happened on this day, you know, however many years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the time lapse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this morning I got one. So exactly eight years ago to the day, <laughs> uh, the Browns played the Carolina Panthers. And I posted only in Cleveland, Jake DeLome, your career is over. It would have been a different game if the Browns had let Colt McCoy play. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Think <laughs> about that. Andy, that was our far, second option. How far have we come since then? Finally! So far, Mike, and it's about time. About time. I mean, when your options are Jake Delhomme and Colt McCoy, I mean, you don't have a shot at beating anybody. Let's face it. I mean, for God's sakes. Colt McCoy was supposed to be the franchise savior. Brandon Whedon was supposed to be the franchise savior. Brady Quinn. The list goes on and on and on and on. And Andy, they finally, finally hit one out of the park with Baker Mayfield. Man, Mike, I, me and you talk about this all the time, but I love Baker Mayfield. I have a huge man crush on the guy. I mean, I, I was kind of questioning the pick a little bit. He wasn't the guy that I wanted but John Dorsey obviously knows what he's doing. I could not be happier with Baker Mayfield as our quarterback. And he's clearly the best out of the group of rookies. If you look at all the stats that are out there, I mean, he is the guy. And his attitude and his swagger is contagious, as Jarvis Landry would say. And he's got this team going in the right direction, no doubt about it. Absolutely, Andy. Well, it's, it's very exciting to see. And the Browns had a big win against the Bengals. And obviously they stopped trying in the second half because they had such a big lead after you know the, the getting the turnover and Baker throwing his fourth t- touchdown pass of the day i mean andy the guy has a surgical like throw throws the ball on a dime i mean i have not seen a rookie quarterback play this well i mean andy the the last 2 weeks baker mayfield is the only rookie quarterback in nfl history to post a rating over 14 quarterback rating over 140 for 2 weeks in a row First time that's ever happened in NFL history. And Mike, ever since um, Hugh Jackson has been let go, Baker has just taken it to another level. Freddie Kitchens has done a great job with him. Greg Williams has done a great job with the team. I mean, I don't think Baker's gotten sacked in two weeks. weeks. I mean, granted, the defenses we played weren't anything spectacular, but I mean, our line is more disciplined now. The penalties are down. They're playing better. Baker is making smarter decisions, knowing when to scramble, when to get rid of the ball, getting rid of the ball quicker. I mean, Mike, you talked about the quarterbacks of the past. And, you know, if it was a third and short, even if it was like third and two 
I had no confidence ever in the Browns converting that third down. No. Now, I mean, you expect exactly. them to convert. Well, it's it, you're absolutely right, Andy, and you you absolutely hit the nail on the head of exactly where where I was taking this because. You know, I was I opened up talking about eight years ago, and you know, if you fast forward to a year after that, so seven years, seven years ago, the Browns played Seattle. I remember this game. The Browns won six to three. That was in the middle of the 2011 season. You remember that game? Man, they weren't scoring a lot of points. <laughs> no, no. So Pat Shermer was the Browns coach, and he was surprised that the Browns fans didn't seem happier about getting a win. Really, you know, a newsflash to Pat Shermer. The reason for that is not not all fans want to be defensive coordinators, dude. The Browns right now, they're 4-6-1. and one. And in the previous three seasons, they were 4-44. and 44. So they have four wins this year in their last 10 games. Four and a half, if you count the tie. In their last 48, they won four. I mean... That is dramatic, dramatic improvement. And and really the one thing, and you, you referenced this a few minutes, a minute ago, the one thing over the years that's been so frustrating to deal with is they rarely found the end zone. They never scored. It was such a big deal when, when they found the end zone, when they got a rushing touchdown. Oh, my God, they actually completed a pass for to com- convert a third down. I mean, it was, it was a miracle when things like that happened. And in the last three games since Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens took over as the play caller, the Browns have scored 21, 28, and 35 points. So, I mean, it's dramatic, dramatic improvement. During that time, Baker Mayfield, nine touchdown passes, one interception, and a 72% completion rate. Yeah, he's been on absolute fire. And, I mean, we're, we're putting up points. Like I said, we, I, I expect for us to, to convert these third downs and score now. I mean, Mike, we already have this year in 2018, through 12 weeks, we have 253 points for – guess how many points we had last year, all of 2017, Mike. Oh, boy. 200? 234. Wow. So we've already surpassed that. In 2016, we only had 264. In our point differential the past two years under genius Hugh Jackson was negative 176 in negative 188. Jeez. So you were talking about the wins also, Mike. Ever since Jimmy took over in 2013, we've won a total of 19 games. 21% of our wins are from this season. Wow. That's unbelievable. When I fully expect the Browns to remain competitive and through the end of this year and hopefully in years forward. I mean, Andy, dare I say the Browns are finally fun to watch. They're fun to watch again. I want to watch I, I was here playing every day. I look forward to it every single week. Every single week. And I, I mean, the past three to four years, Mike, it was, it was painful to watch them. Andy, as big, of, painful. as big of Browns fans as we are, Andy, the last two years, I missed more Browns games than I have since 1999 when they came back in the last two years. Because I, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just unwatchable. It was, it was absolutely unwatchable. I mean, last year, every time they were in the red zone, Deshaun Kaiser would either, either fumble the ball, turn it over, or they just they kick a field goal. I mean, that was it. That's all you had to live for absolutely. last season. Absolutely. And I tell you what, I absolutely love the fire that this team is showing. I mean, how about the Browns line helping David and Joku push him into the end zone? I mean, that's team oh, effort. That was a great play. I mean, I was like, why the hell is great this guy play. jumping from the five? But 
hey, man, it worked out. And I heard some national people say, oh, Baker Mayfield, didn't he got a lot of cheap touchdown passes. Well, you know what? So do all the other quarterbacks that throw a lot of touchdown passes, too. I, You know, there's just such hatred. And Baker Mayfield is such a polarizing figure. You either love him or you hate him. But, you know, since he's our guy in Cleveland, we absolutely love him. And I honestly think Baker is two steps ahead of all these bozos out there. Well, he said it, Mike, in his press conference today. He, he had mentioned that where he is always, he's thinking ahead, everything that he does and that he says, and he got criticized a lot for what he said about Hugh Jackson. He said it's intentional. You know, Mike, he's a leader. He's clearly a leader. He was a leader in Oklahoma. He's a leader here for the Browns. Mike, the past two years, you know what the Browns' identity was this past two years besides not having one? was It was losing. They had no identity of course with baker mayfield you can see it in the team i mean baker mayfield is a fiery competitive guy with a chip on his shoulder and he's a winner he wants to be the best that he can and greg williams come get some greg williams wants to go out there and kick everybody's butt you're seeing that reflected in the team now finally we have a fiery group of guys that are going to go out there they're not going to take any crap and they're going to play it hard for sure andy actually that sounds like how you manage your fantasy team (laughs) We try. We try. <laughs> we're not there yet. Well, just real quick, because we're going to move on to Baker and Hugh here in a moment. But I, I want to go over some statistics for the, the Browns over the last few years. So right now, the Browns are averaging 23 points a game this season. Dramatic improvement from years past. So that ranks 18th in the NFL out of the 32 teams. Last year, Andy, they averaged 14.6 points per game, which ranked 32nd in the NFL, as you referenced, the 236 last year was absolutely pathetic and abysmal. And I blame that 100% on Hugh Jackson. In 2016, 16.5 points, which ranked them 31st in the NFL. And in 2015, they averaged 17.4 points, 30th in the NFL. And that's totally pathetic. It's terrible. And Mike, they just, for so many years, they drafted poorly. That's partly the reason. But Hugh, as we've talked about, so many times he had no idea what he was doing. The guy just, he hypes himself up, hypes himself up, says he's going to do stuff and he never gets it done. I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves and I'm so happy that we have John Dorsey in there and these new group of players. I mean, the future is so bright for the Browns. It absolutely is. And moving on to Baker, the Baker and Hughes situation, I'll tell you what, Andy, we, and we referenced this on the podcast a few times before, I was so sick and tired of seeing Hugh Jackson on every single sports show spewing his nonsense. Oh, well, Hugh, why didn't it work out in Cleveland? Well, this didn't work for me and blah, 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 blah. And Baker hit the nail on the head today during his press conference when he, he referenced that. And he said, you know, he, Hugh, Hugh has the opportunity to go out on all these, all these shows and I'm not allowed to say anything at all. Obviously, the internal discord, I think, Andy, had a lot to do with Haley Hugh and their treatment of Baker because Hugh probably tried to step on a lot of toes and insert himself into Baker's training because Hugh thinks he knows everything. He does. And you saw that even on hard knocks with not only the coaching staff, but with the players, you know, there was a scene in hard knocks. One of the first episodes where um, Hugh Jackson was, was talking to Baker as he was warming up and yeah, he was basically yeah. telling him like, well, you know, you got to find your, you got to find your routine to do blah, 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 blah. Like just a bunch of nonsense. And you could tell even just by looking at Baker's face 
that he had no interest in what he was saying. Yeah. And he just thought he was a clown. And the way that he interacted with his coaching staff, I mean, it was ridiculous. Absolutely. Huge. Absolutely ridiculous. In one of the highlights in, of the game, though, on Sunday, real quick, Demarius handed Hugh the intercepted ball. That was legendary. That was absolutely savage. I loved it. <laughs> it was so funny. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I, I didn't catch it on the original play, but when they went back and showed the replay, I was dying. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. But you, you definitely, you know, you hit the nail on the head too, Mike, that why is Hugh, you know, why is it okay for Hugh to go out on his national media rants? I mean, he was on first take in hanging out with Stephen A. Smith how many times? Right. And you only saw what they were recording. Right. I mean, when they go on commercial break or behind the scenes, they obviously, you know, they talk and plan before the show. Unlike, he could have said anything. We, we just off the cuff. We just wing it. I mean, we're, we're way more talented than all those guys. <laughs> um, but, you know, with, for, for all this criticism Baker's getting, I mean, he said it in the press conference today too. You know, he's allowed to speak his mind. Right. He says what's on his mind. And, Mike, I like that he's a fiery guy. You know, the, the best athletes, they find ways to motivate themselves and to motivate their teammates. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm Jordan so sick said. and seeing – Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to do. Michael Jordan, I've read stuff that he would make up things that, that somebody said something about his mother or his family just to get himself hyped up and angry. Right. I mean, there's none of that anymore in sports. No. It's always, even after the games, after division rivals, when we play the Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, the players are out there exchanging jerseys, hugging it up. Like, I don't want to see that as a Browns fan. All I care about is, is the Browns and them winning. Right. And you need that kind of mentality. I mean, Cleveland for the past 20 years, especially the past, you know, four where we've been just horrendous, they've been the, the, the punching bag of all national exactly. jokes. You know, it's about time we have somebody who's not, who's afraid, not afraid to stand up and to, you know, represent this city. He really, he, he embraces what this city is. Well, and that's what we love so much about it. And, and the thing is, Baker knows how to pump guys up. He knows how to get the guys excited in the locker room. And, and you know what, frankly, Andy... I mean, uniting behind a common enemy, so to speak, for lack of a better term, in Hugh Jackson, rallies guys together and gets them pumped up and gets them excited. Because you could tell the entire Browns team was all rowing in the same direction on Sunday, and that's because they all wanted to stick it to Hugh. And speaking of Hugh, is that guy not the most cursed coach in all of sports? I swear to God, that guy cannot catch a break. <laughs> the Browns boat raced them. Their quarterback gets hurt. All of a sudden, the Bengals oh, start man. committing a ton of penalties, and the Browns don't. I mean, it was like literally watching an inverse of how the Browns were the last years. It's crazy. It was almost surreal seeing him on the sidelines with that same confused, lost look on his face, but wearing a Bengals shirt instead of a Brown shirt. So, I mean, I pray that the Bengals are dumb enough to hire him as their head coach. Oh, me too. After, after Marvin Lewis is gone, because that's going to be two free wins every single year. Yep, absolutely. And that is just going to motivate Baker and the Browns even more. Well, speaking of coaches, Andy, what I'd like to do next before we get into all the fantasy stuff is let's, let's take a few minutes and let's talk about the Browns coaching search. So the Browns have a lot of options for their next head coach. And there's been a lot of arguments or different points that people are making, you know, well, we, Greg Williams is doing good. And, you know, he's two and one in his three games as interim head coach. And we don't want to lose Greg Williams and we don't want to lose Freddie kitchens. 
How do you feel about that, Andy? You know, I think for as well as this team is playing right now, and it really seems like Baker and the rest of the team are embracing Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens has done a good job. I think you have to give them a serious, you have to give them a look. You have to consider it. I mean, you have to consider it. I I don't think it's going to happen. I think Dorsey's going to want his own guy. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, they're going to want an offensive-minded head coach, which Greg Williams isn't. Right. But, I mean, props to those guys because they've done a phenomenal job with this team. So, I, I, uh, it's, it's possible. I think the more likely scenario would be if those guys stay, I think, you know, it would be is, you know, if you get Bruce Arians in there, mm-hmm. he might keep them on right. his coordinators, especially since Freddie Kitchens is from the Bruce Arians tree. Um, so, you know, I, I hope to some capacity, at least Greg Williams stays around. Um, Freddie Kitchens, I mean, who knows? People may be looking at these guys also elsewhere I, for, for offensive coordinator positions or whatnot. Absolutely. Well, one point I wanted to bring up is, you know, us as Browns fans, we're so emotional and we're so vested into the team, but because we've been losing for so much, I mean, my God, we win two games in a row and we we just think that, you know, we're on our way, which I I believe the Browns are on their way to being competitive, a good, consistent playoff team with all the pieces that John Dorsey has built. However, you know, you have to look at it in, in the lens of it's only been three games. So even if Baker, or excuse me, Greg and Freddie go undefeated the rest of the way this year, I mean, that's very admirable. But the Browns fans, we will literally hold on to anything that will get us wins. And obviously, we want the team to win. But, you know, I'll relate it to, to basketball for a second. So if you you're doing – not well halfway through the year, you're, you get a basketball team and you trade your starting point guard and the backup point guard starts performing at a pretty high level. Then the next year you could go get a LeBron James type player or, you know, an, an, an a plus type player. That's an upgrade over that guy. Are you going to do it? Or are you going to ride with the guy that did real well for this short amount of time? Yeah. You're definitely going to go after Le- the, you know, LeBron Type player. So that that's that's how I relate it back to the Browns coaching search. Yes, I mean I do think that Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens deserve a shot to stay, but I don't think the Browns should turn their back on any candidates that could be a lot better. And here's 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 another another point that I, ha- I want to bring up to you, Andy. Is so let's say that if the Browns did hire Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens, and if Freddie Kitchens continues to keep this offense moving at a high level. Well, Andy, you know how quickly teams fire coaches. I mean, nobody knows that more than the Cleveland Browns fans. Freddie Kitchens is going to get a look as a head coach somewhere if he continues to produce at a high level as an offensive coordinator. So, And then you lose your, your offensive you guy. You lose your offensive guy, and Greg Williams is a defensive head coach. So that's why I do think that John Dorsey is going to go with somebody who is on an offensive level. And if Greg Williams sticks around, he sticks around, which I obviously would like to see him stick around. I like what he's done. Come get some. Absolutely. And I agree with everything you said. I think at the end of the day, you know, you have to go after the coach that's going to give you the best chance to win, you know, for, for multiple years and that can grow with Baker and be there with him. Um, there's a lot of good options out there, Mike. I mean, the Browns are, they're going to be one of the hottest, you know, possible destinations for some of these coaches with this young, talented squad they have. Yeah. And, I mean, 
we'll get to some of these options here in a while. Do, do you have a favorite that you really, you know, are, are hoping the Browns can get? You know, Andy, I don't have a favorite yet. And I, I really haven't dug into these guys very much. I trust Dorsey to, that he's going to do the right thing. But a lot of the NFL landscape really has to settle in the next few weeks to really make that determination for me. But I will say I'm cooling on the college guys. And we, we talked about this before. I mean, their job, they've never like Matt Campbell and Lincoln Riley, for example, they really haven't had NFL experience. They don't know the game as well. I mean, they know the game, but they don't know the game. It's a little bit different than college. It's faster. There's different sets. There's a, there's a few different rules and intricacies. And obviously they have to build a staff and having a very good staff is so important to have for a winning organization. And I just don't trust that they could build a really good staff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say just because not to say that it could I mean, be done, but that's just my, my take. on it. No, it, it would be harder. Absolutely. It would be harder because they don't have the connections in the NFL. So that's where I think you would hope if you got a college coach, you would hope that maybe Greg Williams, especially for, you know, on the defensive side would stay around, but you know, back two years ago, when the Rams hired Sean McVay, I mean, nobody had really heard much about him either. I mean, he was a young guy. He was involved in the NFL. Uh, what was he, the Redskins OC? But I think when they hired him, a lot of people thought that was a bad hire. So it's just so hard. And that's why you got to trust in John Dorsey. He obviously has the connections. Um, he's been in the league for so long. And it seems like he really knows what he's doing. Um, I think I may be a little bit warmer on some of the college guys than you are. I really, really like Matt Campbell. Um, obviously it's a little bit of a risk because he's had no head coaching experience, but I just, you know, I think there's a level he he has at the NFL level. Yes. Head coach at Iowa state. Well, Mm -hmm. well, I know Andy, he's, he's a hot name right now. And I actually have some inside information that I can exclusively reveal to our podcast listeners about him. Let's hear it. I have it on very very good authority that matt campbell is has been offered the job at ohio state really so urban is done now he's stepping down i i think it's very likely and matt campbell is tabbed as ohio state's next coach i could see it i mean unless he wants to make the jump to the nfl but andy he He's an Ohio guy. He's been coaching in college. The NFL is a lot more unstable than college is. So I could see him taking a big payday. Maybe if he wants to go try the NFL after his Ohio State days are done, go for it. But right now, my bold prediction is he's going to end up at Ohio State, not not in, on an NFL sideline. And I could see that. That, that has been rumored. Um, Urban has not been healthy really much of the year. So I could definitely see that happening. Um, I just, you know, I always think there's, there's always, you know, there's only so many offensive coordinators and, you know, a lot of those offensive coordinators have been former head coaches before. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just, it really just limits you in the NFL to what you have. So yeah. there's always going to be young up and coming guys. Sometimes they're from the NFL. Sometimes, you know, they're from college. Right. Um, well, my, my thing, and, I, and it's, a, it's not fair to compare these candidates, and we'll, we'll run down the list of the current top 10 here in a second, but it's not really fair to compare these candidates 
two candidates that the Browns have had coaches that the Browns have had in the past and people they've considered in the past. I mean, you know, coordinator guy who has no head coaching experience. I mean, I'm going to be honest, Andy, I'm scarred from it. You know, Pat Shermer, we gave him his first opportunity. Mike Pettin, we gave him his first opportunity. Rob Chinsinski, we gave him his first opportunity. Hugh Jackson, we gave him his first real opportunity. I mean, then the list goes on and on and on. And it just seems like these guys just are – they were set up to fail to some degree. But obviously they, they didn't have the experience of a head coach. And that's why it kind of attracts me a little bit more to somebody who's actually been a head coach, at least on – on some level, I, I do, Andy, I do like the Bruce Arians idea. I do like the Bruce Arians idea as well. I just, you know, he's 66. Yeah. And he had to quit the Cardinals job because of, of heart health issues. Right. So that scares me a little bit. I mean, you probably realistically only have him for what, five years, maybe at best, maybe more. Yeah. Um, it's Okay. But you know what? You know what I like about Bruce Arians? We haven't had a coach longer than two and a half years in, in years. So if he lasts three the, or four or five Which is true. But but I'm thinking, you know, we, we also didn't have a quarterback. Right. And we finally have a quarterback who's going to be with us for 10 to 15 years. So if you want that Tom Brady, Bill Belichick type of growth, you know, you're not going to have that with Bruce Arians. Well, I, my second, um, probably he would probably be my first choice at the moment. My second would be Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I just still can't see him leaving. I think that he's going to be – I think he was promised by New England, but, you know, he's he's backed out of one situation here's, already. Here's, I mean, here's he backed the issue, out Andy. the Colts. Here's the issue. They have no quarterback. Right, exactly. Once Brady retires, they don't have a quarterback. They have nobody because they, they traded away their error. Exactly. Yeah. So I could totally see him jumping ship at this point because – he almost did it with the Colts. I, I think he – and the thing that I like about him is that he's pretty innovative on the offensive end, and he was a head coach in Denver for a time. So, granted, he was very young because that was a long time ago, but I think that he's learned from those mistakes. So that's why he's high on my list. And that's the only thing that scares me about him is that he was the head coach before. And like you would mentioned, you know, you're sick of hiring these these coordinators who – haven't been good head coaches. And that's, that was him. And I get, he was very young when it happened, but he was very arrogant from what I've, I've read about him when he was in Denver and the players didn't really like him. He never really clicked with them. He tried to push the Bill Belichick way out in Denver and it just didn't work there. So that scares me a little bit, but he is a, um, an innovative offensive guy. You know, he's worked with Tom Brady his whole career. So could be good for Baker I don't know. I I, he is hear, an Ohio guy, though. I too. did hear that Josh McDaniels loves Baker Mayfield. I heard that as well. So that that is definitely a situation to monitor. Well, Andy, um, you have a, the top ten list in front of you. Why don't you give us the top ten? All right. So this top ten list is from Tony Grossi. These are his top ten. Yeah. So so number one is Dave Taub, huh. who's the Kansas City Chiefs special coordinator. Obviously, he has a connection to John Dorsey. I don't know much more about him well, other than he's that. He's a special teams coordinator for Kansas City right now. Yeah, so that's that's the Dorsey connection there. Obviously, you don't see a lot of special teams coordinators jump to head coach, but John Harbaugh did it pretty successfully at the Ravens. So it is possible. If you're a good leader, um, it, it, can, it can be done. Yeah. Number two 
is Lincoln Riley, who was Baker Mayfield's head coach in Oklahoma. Right. Don't I don't know. I, I don't see this happening. I, I can't see him leaving a top college program for a risky job in the NFL. But I mean, it depends. If he wants to be reunited with Baker Mayfield, it could be something special. Well, Andy, real real quick, just on Lincoln Riley. So in the in the offseason this year, a lot of head coaches actually consulted with Lincoln Riley on some offensive ideas. So there's no question about it that Lincoln Riley is an innovator of offense. However, do you remember the name Cliff Kingsbury? I don't. He was the coach at Texas Tech. So he actually coached Patrick Mahomes for his first two years as head coach of Texas Tech. Okay. He was the hot coaching candidate. People in the NFL were like, oh, Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury should come out and be an NFL coach. And he's so innovative and awesome. He's doing such a great job with Texas Tech. He actually was a former NFL quarterback, backup quarterback. And he was fired this week from Texas Tech two years later. So he was only there for four (laughs) years. So my point is, and my question for you is, do you think that in that case, the quarterback made the coach? Because he had Patrick Mahomes. And in this case with Lincoln Riley, he had Baker Mayfield. And now he has Kyler Murray, who's having an outstanding year too. But he's going to go play professional baseball next year. So he's going to leave. So Oklahoma is going to need a new quarterback next year. It's always possible. I mean, I think even the, in the NFL, to some degree, though, the quarterback makes the coach. You know, I think that's true on every level. Yeah. Um, well, so Kyra I mean, definitely made Hugh or uh, Deshaun Kaiser definitely <laughs> made Hugh last year. Oh yeah, that was a. I mean, that was the best combo in NFL history. Yeah. Those two clubs. That was a great match. But, but even if that's the case, even if Lincoln Riley was made better by make by Baker Mayfield, I mean, that's fine if you can reunite them at the NFL level, and they obviously, I mean, worked well together. He was able to develop a system that played the Baker's strengths. So that doesn't really matter to me so much because I think it's done. That's the case on even in, in the NFL. So if he's proven that he can work well with Baker and that he can have success with him, yeah, that's fine with me. Well, I, I don't like it from an experience factor, that, but that's just me. Andy, who we got next? Number three is Bruce Arians. So he's come out multiple times, Mike. And he, I think he really wants this job. He's come out at least twice and said that the only position he'd come back for would be for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he definitely doubled down on his statements. And we'll see if uh, John Dorsey interviews him. I mean, the fr- frankly, John Dorsey could interview him tomorrow because he's not employed. He's, so He's retired. Yeah. All right, next. Next is Matt Campbell, okay. who we talked about. Yeah. Fifth is Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, Mike, I don't know about you. I don't have a ton of interest in him. Um, I think that is one of the scenarios like we talked about where the quarterback kind of made him. I mean, he's playing with Aaron Rodgers in really the past two years. They haven't done anything. Uh, it just seems like he's somebody else's trash. Well, and, you know, Andy, in, in his defense, and I, I, I originally had the same opinion as you did before I did a little bit more digging into him. He's only missed the. This will be his fourth time missing the playoffs in 13 years. So he's made the playoffs in nine of the last 13 years and won a Super Bowl with a Green Bay Packers organization that really isn't known for spending a lot of money. So I, I think that that is very impressive. He's got a, a over well over 500 record. 
He's got a familiarity with Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith, who were in the Browns senior management group. Obviously, he had Aaron Rodgers, but Andy, he was one of the guys that helped make Aaron Rodgers who Aaron Rodgers is. He's been calling plays for the last 20 years. So, I mean, he has a ton of experience. That is what he has going for him. Is did the, Dorsey work with him when, when he was was Dorsey was in Green Bay for a short period of time? Yeah, Dorsey he? did work with him, so he he does know him. My main concern with him is how is he as a fit with Baker? Is that a fit personality wise? That I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think Baker seems to respond a little bit better to some of the the fiery guys, you know, as you're you're seeing with with Greg Williams, like a like so, a Josh McDaniels, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So. We'll see. I mean, it, I wouldn't be mad if we hired Mike McCarthy just because of what you said of his experience, but I don't know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't wow me, I guess. Wouldn't I, be the wow factor. Right, exactly. Exactly. All right, who you got next? Next is Josh McDaniels, who's definitely a candidate. And uh, I was just listening to uh, the bull and the fox as I was driving home yeah. um, from work today. And uh, I, can't, I can't remember who it was. It's the guy that does uh, Monday morning quarterback. Albert Breer. Now. Albert Breer, he said Josh McDaniels is – he believes he's going to be the guy. He said he's the number one guy on his list to be the next head coach of the Browns. So wouldn't be upset with it. I just hope that he's learned. That's the only only concern I have by Josh McDaniels, that he's grown from his experience in Denver. Because other than that, I think he's a great offensive mind. All right, next. Next is John Harbaugh, hmm. you think he's the head lose, coach for yeah. the Ravens. I've heard that – I've heard that there's going to be a mutual agreement to part ways um, with, with the Ravens. So I don't know. I, he, he also won a Super Bowl, Mike. I mean, he's, he's had that team competitive in the AFC North for years, ever since he's been there, really. Um, but he's, again, he's a special teams guy. So I think you'd probably need another offensive-minded coach to pair with him if he was indeed – the hire for the Browns. Yeah, I don't know that I want a Harbaugh, but yeah, he's not he's not really high on my list. But yeah, um, well, he and he has to get fired first. Which if he's like go, Ravens, he'll definitely the be. The Ravens out there. are uh, a playoff team right now, so because they've won two in a row with Lamar as their starter. Yeah. Next, next is Greg Williams, the Browns' current coach. Okay. We've talked plenty about him. Next is Mike Munchak, mm. who's the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line coach. Mm. So. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL, which is one of the Browns' weaknesses right now. But... I wouldn't say that, Andy. The Browns actually have the seventh best rated line so far this year, according to Pro Football Focus. Really? Yeah. That is that surprises me, honestly. I would not have guessed that. I was looking um, that up because I, I was curious as how the Browns and the Texans matched up, and the Texans are actually 23rd. So. Okay. Well, that, we're going to need that offensive line to play well against oh, the Texans. Oh, no doubt about it. Next. Next is Eric Benini. Who's a Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator? The enemy. The enemy. I apologize, Eric. <laughs> so another guy I don't know much about. Um, obviously, he's calling the plays or he's helping call the plays for one of the premier offenses in football. But you got to wonder how much of that is Andy Reid. Um, another Kansas City guy, so he's going to have a connection to John Dorsey. Yeah. Well, here's here's one thing that I – have heard rumored is that Dave Taub, that special teams coordinator for Kansas City, John Dorsey's a big fan of his, brings Eric Bieniemy with him to actually call plays for the first time because Andy Reid is the one that's calling plays in Kansas City. So that would technically be a step up for Eric Bieniemy. 
So he has no experience calling plays then? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess he's being groomed by Andy Reid, though. So hopefully that yeah. has taught him something. Yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a bad pairing. I think I would, I would be able to live with that as long as that was the pairing. But I don't know that I could live with one of those two being – being the end just being the guy i agree i agree i'd much rather have you know josh mcdaniels or somebody with experience than those two guys yeah 100 percent. so um andy i'll tell you what since we uh we have been talking browns for a good 37 minutes so far why don't we do this why don't we take a break we'll come back we'll get into all the fantasy football information i mean i don't want to rush through it in 20 minutes no so no why don't we do the due diligence we'll take a break we'll come back and then we'll uh we'll get into the fantasy stuff all right let's do it you got anything else on the browns coaching search on the browns in general browns texans coming up the match you know preview i'm excited about this game it's going to be a really good game i mean two good young quarterbacks are going to be going at it Texans are obviously really hot right now. They've won what eight in a row. Eight in a row. Well, they started off zero and three, but they were close games. So they lost to the Page, who was the Patriots, the Titans, and the was it the Colts. No, 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 it wasn't the Colts. I'm not. I couldn't tell. I know it was a Patriots to be and the honest. Titans in close games. But um, it might was it? Did they lose to the Dolphins on a Thursday night game? Uh... I know that was a close game too. I don't know if they the Dolphins were winning for a while, but I don't know if they actually ended up winning that game. But um, anyway. Uh, the Texans obviously have a very good record. I think they're going to be a playoff team this year, but looking at their schedule, I mean, it, it, the Brown schedule, they've had to play the Steelers twice. They've had to play the saints. They've had to play Kansas city. Their schedule has been brutal this year, Mike. And they've been in almost every single game, except really the chargers game was the only one that they were not in. And the Browns could easily have seven wins this year. Um, I think the Texans' schedule has been – Oh, the Texans much... lost to the Giants in week three. That's why – Wow, the Giants. Yeah. But I think that the Texans' schedule overall has been a lot easier if you look at the teams they've played. Well, sure, so, sure. I mean, they, they I mean so much they easier. They haven't been tested. I mean, you look at, okay, so their, their first win, they played the Colts. Colts really weren't rounding in the form, and Andrew Luck was still getting healthy, basically, and getting used to coming back to play. So they beat Indiana, Indianapolis Colts. They beat Dallas, who struggled for a while, and they're rounding into form now. They beat a terrible Buffalo team. They beat a terrible Jacksonville team, who, by the way, Andy, what the hell is going on in Jacksonville? They fired their offensive coordinator and benched Blake Bortles, and now Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler, baby. For the Jaguars. So if you have any Jaguars wide receivers, I would put them on the bench. Um, I saw somebody picked up Carlos Hyde today also. Um, if you're looking for a quarterback, everybody, Cody Kessler is a free agent, and I believe he can be had for zero dollars. I can't believe that he's starting. Yeah, I can't believe it. Shocking. I mean, the dude, the dude threw about a 15 mile an hour fastball. So, uh, I, I don't see that working out well for Jacksonville. And obviously, they're in tank mode, so they 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 may try to trade for a quarterback or get a high draft pick. I mean, they hey, are Taylor. eliminated. You know, going from 13 and three to going from, you know, now to what, three and eight is what they are now. So um, really, really pathetic. I I mean, I could. And if they had a quarterback, they would actually be, they'd be a Super Bowl contender again because that defense is really, really good. Well, it's been blown up a few times though, Andy. It has. It's not what it was last year, but that defense though, I mean, 
But there, to hold there is... Pittsburgh in the first half to what? I mean, what did they have in the first half when they played Pittsburgh? Like three points? Right, I mean, right. that, that defense, if they are motivated, they're as good as anybody. And I think it, it hurts knowing that you have such a crappy offense right. and that you know, you're not going to win. Because, I mean, that defense is phenomenal. There, it... I don't care if, if they've been down a little bit this year. That is a, a, a Super Bowl capable winning defense. And offensively, I mean, they haven't had Leonard Fournette for the majority of the season. Blake Bortles sucks. Right. So they need some help. True. Well, and there definitely is something to be said where a good offense can be your best defense. I mean, you look at the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was on the Colts. They weren't really known for their defense, but here's, here's what the Colts did. They controlled so much of the game through their offense long sustained drives and keeping their defense fresh and off the field, which led to less scoring by the other team. So ball control is a really good form of defense. And obviously the Jaguars have a terrible offense. So their defense is obviously getting tired and that leads to big plays. Exactly. They're gassed. I mean, they're, you can't, you can't really blame the defense for the record, right? Because the defense is the only thing they have going. Right. So then the Texans beat Miami Denver, Washington, and Tennessee. So Washington, so really, Tennessee, and Denver the, are average teams. And I would say the Browns right now, record-wise, are an average team. So uh, yeah, I think they have a shot. But Tyron Matthews having a career year in the secondary. They got J.J. Watt healthy, playing great again. Javion Clowney, Whitney Merciless. So, I mean, they, they have a really, really good defense. They do. But that, that schedule, Mike, I mean, what a cupcake schedule. And the Browns are battle tested. They're they have the momentum right now. Baker's going to have them ready and fired up. I mean, it's going to be a close game, I think, because like you said, the Texans are a very good team. But I think the Browns have a, a legit shot to go in there and, and steal one. Here's another wrinkle that I want to throw out at you too: Baker Mayfield returning home to Texas for the first time in his professional career. There you go. So he's obviously sure. going to have a lot of friends and family in the stands, and. Hopefully he wakes up feeling real dangerous that morning. <laughs> we can only hope, man. Yeah. We can only hope. But the Texans but, are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. And obviously being eight and three, the Texans are shooing to win the AFC South. And they have a shot to make some noise in the playoffs. But um, the Browns have been playing well lately. Hopefully they can get to Deshaun. Hopefully his legs don't kill the Browns because I could see, you know, the, the Browns secondary holding up and then Deshaun just scrambling for a first down or something like that. Yeah. That's what scares me a little bit is because the Browns, I mean, they have not been good against the rush really this year. So um, that could hurt us big time if he starts running the ball because then that's going to set up the pass and could be bad. Yeah. Well, I expect it to be a, I'm going to throw out my score. I'm going to say Browns 28, Texans 27. Ooh, close game there. I like that. I'm going to say – I'm also going to go close game, though. I'm going to say Browns 24, Texans 21. Okay. Should be fun. Well, and obviously I know there was some talk about the Browns getting flexed to Sunday night football, but the Steelers and the Chargers will be playing on Sunday night football this week. So Browns have their one o'clock game. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, just wish Sunday was here already. Well, Andy, um, let's take a break. 
we'll get into the fantasy stuff here. And then um, obviously we have a lot of, uh, a lot to get to with the fantasy stuff. So uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. All right. Well, we're back with the fantasy football portion of the show. Um, Andy, I know we have a lot to get to and let's actually catch everybody up to uh, date with what actually happened uh, today. So if you go onto the league, you're going to see like league manager change, like a thousand of them. So I got, I get a text from Andy this afternoon and he's like, Hey, do you think we can change the consolation bracket to kind of make it more tiers, you know, instead of 11 playing 12 and nine playing 10, et cetera. So I was like, yeah, let me look into it. So going to the league manager tools, I look into it and there there's a section on there where it says edit schedule. Okay. So you have to click a box to be able to allow editing of the schedule. So I said, okay, that, that makes sense. So just to catch everybody up, anything that you do on ESPN League Manager-wise, it makes you enter your password in. So this didn't prompt me to enter my password in or anything, which I thought was a little odd. So I click the button. Nothing happens. Okay, go back to the League Home. All of a sudden, <laughs> the records are completely messed up. So I am kept everybody's same point totals, just changed the opponents every single week. So... I had an eight and five record, eight and four record. Uncle Joe had a three and nine record. Andy, I think you you had like seven wins too, right? Yeah, I was I was locked in the playoffs, so I wasn't complaining about it. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people probably would have complained about it, but absolutely, it's amazing to actually to think about what could have transpired had the schedule been a little bit different. But um, the fact of the matter is, I went back in there and tried to change it again. Bam, records changed again. Not correct. Did it again. Didn't work. So I had to go through every single game, every single week, and correct the games every single week to make sure they were correct. And thank God for the podcast, Andy, because that was the only way I was able to get everything correct. Yeah, the podcast saved our league. Literally saved our league. If we wouldn't have these scores documented and the matchups documented – Honestly, who knows what would have happened? It would have been a complete disaster heading into the last week of the season. So we learned our lesson. Obviously, we're not going to mess with any of the scheduling for the, you know, the bracket, the losers bracket. Not that it really matters anyway. Um, you know, we'll do, we'll mess with all that in the off season when we can discuss, you know, seating and divisional winners getting a higher seed and whatnot. Um, but Mike, thank God you were able to fix that because there would have been some really upset people. Oh yeah, yeah. That that well freaked us out for a good hour, hour and a half until uh, until it got fixed. But thankfully, we fixed it and everything is okay. But and I, honestly, I'm surprised nobody even said anything um, about it yet. So thankfully, everything's good and fixed, and, and we're all set. But moving forward, we'll talk about what we want to do with the consolation bracket, uh, if if it's even possible to change moving forward and. Um, also with the division winners having a buy, you know, maybe we make it just that top two records overall, regardless of division. So um, those, the, are, uh, those are changes to talk about too. The only reason I even brought up the, the losers bracket was just because, you know, I, it wasn't set up like a normal bracket. Like I right, was, right. I was listed as what seven and I was playing the eighth seed. Whereas I, you know, in a normal bracket, I'd be playing like the 11th seed. So, right. you, you know, the, the two, the teams with the the, the, well, the two worst records playing the twelve seed actually because you would have that's been right the, the twelve seed that's you'd right be the number one seed of the losers bracket yeah. so right now it's set up where the eleven and twelve seeds are playing each other but they're the two worst records so one of them would you know we, we gotta have, figure that out a little bit but 
Right. More importantly, we got it fixed. The the winner's bracket is back to how it should be, and uh, the season can continue. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for that. So, um, Andy, let's give the people what they want and get into the reviews uh, for the league. And we had some doozies this week because Matt took down Bill's top-ranked team, 127.5 to 127. Lamar Miller on Monday Night Football clinched the win with a 97-yard touchdown run as he put up 22.5 fantasy points. And Lamar Miller was in the doghouse for Matt. He had not been playing him for a while. Uh, Huge game from him. Helped Matt steal the deal. What was that, like a 97-yard touchdown run? 97-yard run in the second quarter, yeah. Longest so. run of his career. And now he's the uh, new team face of the franchise for Matt. He is the face of the franchise. Well, somebody that probably should be the face of the franchise, Andy, is Christian McCaffrey. He had 125 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Also 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. He scored 40.5 fantasy points this week. He absolutely blew up and has been blowing up for the last four weeks. Yeah, and the the major, the turnaround is that he's finally getting touchdowns. The first seven weeks, zero touchdowns. Since week eight, he's had five. So that's been the difference. And uh, if he keeps up this kind of production, you know, he's going to be a high pick next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and he's got a really good couple of matchups coming up. Tampa Bay, the Browns, the Saints, and the Falcons. So that could help Matt's team if uh, he makes the playoffs or if, you know, he does not want to return to the toilet bowl. He can uh, hopefully avoid it being carried by Christian McCaffrey. Well, Andy Lamar Jackson put up 20 fantasy points. He had 178 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions, 70 yards rushing. Andy, I'm, I watched some tape of Lamar when I was at the gym running this afternoon, and and he reminds me so much running of RG3, but his the way he throws the ball does not at all. RG3 was a lot better passer coming out of college. I really just don't see it with Lamar right now. I mean, not to say he can't develop, but I just don't see it right now. Yeah, and if he wants to stay in the league, he's going to have to work on that because if he keeps rushing – 27 times a game that's not sustainable i mean he's going to get hurt at some point um it it happens to all rushing quarterbacks rg3 had one good season before he went down and he's never been the same yeah yeah absolutely well odell beckham 10 and a half points another disappointing outing for him as he was matt's number one first round pick yeah and he faces a, a very tough chicago bears defense this week so you got to expect them to get pressure on Eli in uh, probably not going to be another big game for him. No, I wouldn't expect it to be. It's, uh, the Giants have been one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL this year, considering the offensive skill player talent that they have. Uh, DJ Moore, a guy that's really coming on for Carolina on Matt's team, 13 points this week. He's been really playing well. He was Carolina's first-round pick this year. Since Devin Funches has gone down, he's become Cam, one of Cam Newton's go-to guys. Yeah, he's really taken over, and he's got a, a cupcake matchup this week against a very weak Tampa Bay defense. So you can expect big things from him and Christian McCaffrey again this week. Yeah, very productive player when he's in the game. Expect him to well, continue his good play. Matt got 20 points from Corey Davis from his bench, unfortunately, as Corey Davis has been such a yo-yo this year for the Tennessee Titans. 
but it didn't matter as he took down the top-ranked team by another game with .5. Unbelievable. Andy, you know how it is to be on the losing end of that. It's terrible. Luckily for my dad, though, he doesn't really have to worry about it because he still has nine wins. Um, but great win for Matt, and the crazy thing is he started off 0-7. He's still in the playoff on Mike. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not likely – but there is a possibility if Matt scores a ton of points this week, right. he could potentially sneak into the playoffs. Matt has a path, and nobody would have thought it a few weeks ago as he's won five in a row, and props to him for continuing to battle and fight and scratching Claw's way back out of the basement. Well, Bill's team got a great outing, as we know, from Baker Mayfield. 258 yards, four touchdown passes, again, a huge win over the Cincinnati Bengals. And Andy, Baker probably could have easily had five or six touchdown passes. Oh, for sure. I mean, he was just carving up that defense. And like you mentioned, the Browns just kind of, they started trying to run down the clock at the end of the game. So that cost Baker some points, but really good game for him. It was it was good that he started him over Big Ben, who did not have uh, such a hot start. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron Jones continues to impress for the Green Bay Packers, 16 and a half points. And since they traded Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones has been the go-to back, and he's been really, really performing well. Yeah, patience is a virtue. He drafted him late. He held him for multiple weeks, and uh, it's definitely paid off because Aaron Jones is one of his top guys now. Yeah, absolutely. And also great, another great outing from Devontae Adams, who really has a good connection with Aaron Rodgers. Tyler Boyd, huge, huge game, 17 and a half points. Going to be interesting to see how his production fares with the new quarterback in Cincinnati now that the red rifle is out for the year with a bad thumb, broken thumb. Yeah, you got to think it's going to go down a little bit. Um, that quarterback looked good, but it was towards the end of the game when the Browns weren't really exerting as much effort on the defensive side. So it will be interesting to see. Um, even if he goes down, though, Mike, another player that's going to be stepping up possibly for him is Austin Eckler, who is the, the Chargers backup running back and Melvin Gordon is out for the next two weeks, maybe more, with a sprained MCL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see. Well, Bill's team is you know, not in sole possession of first place anymore. He is now tied with Tom for first place in the Catawba division, and the team that clinches that division either by wins, if they have the same amount of wins, and it goes to points scored, that earns the first round by. So Tom actually has a really good chance of earning the first round by now because – they're both sitting at nine and three, and I did not. We obviously didn't think this was going to happen, but Matt came all the way back and won this game. Yeah, yeah. He Uncle Tom has a shot. The scary thing about this is that without Kareem Hunt and Robert Woods, uh, he still had 127 points. Andy, don't remind me. I'm playing him this week. Mike, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I fully expect not to win, but I think that my playoff uh, aspirations are secure, regardless. So, well, let's move on to the next game, Andy. The Donkeys fell to Uncle Tom's team as they are now 5-7, and seven, still trying to hee-haw and scratch and donkey kick their way into the playoffs. They got a long, nasty road to go, but it's still not impossible. Uncle Tom, 9-3, and three, tied for first place in the Catawba Division, 101, 101.5 to 85.5 winner over the Donkeys were the hard nuts. Joey got a good outing from Cam Newton, 22 and a half points. And LeGarrette Blunt, the free agent pickup of the week, 21.5 points on Turkey Day. 
yeah, huge pickup for Joey there. And he was very happy. Obviously we talked to him on the live Thanksgiving day podcast and he was gloating a little bit about that. So Cam Newton really has been picking it up uh, these last few weeks. And he has another easy matchup this week against Tampa. I just hope he doesn't do too much as I'm playing his team. Yeah. Well, Julio Jones, 17 and a half points, had a lot of yardage, but did not get into the end zone. Titans defense, negative two points. That kind of hurt the Dongs. But uh, Joey, I, I think, it leads the league with the most injured players. I mean, Devonta Freeman, Marvin Jones, Devin Funchess, Randall Cobb all did not play this week. And he finally uh, got rid of Des Bryant, though. Finally. And you got to wonder when Devonta Freeman and Marvin Jones are going to be let go. I don't know if he just wants to hold on to them for the, you know, potential playoff run or, or if they're, you know, his, his lucky charms, but they're not going to be playing again this year. Right. Exactly. Well, before we move on to uncle Tom's team, I do want to wish the Indiana Hoosiers the best of luck in the elite eight, the men's division one soccer tournament. They are in the elite eight and play Notre Dame this Friday. So it's a big game. Hopefully they can pull it out against the Fighting Irish. Yeah, good luck, Joey. Uncle Tom's team, 101 points again, although he had a big, big injury. Melvin Gordon is now out for a few weeks with an MCL sprain. Yeah, that could hurt him. Um, you know, the, the best possible thing for Uncle Tom really would be to get that, that uh, first round bye so that he can kind of give him some time for Melvin Gordon to heal up. Um that's a big loss, Mike. I mean, he's been his top player all year. Oh, yeah. Him and DeAndre Hopkins, who was who kind of had a letdown this week, nine and a half points, but he was carried by Russell Wilson and Sony Michelle, and Russell Wilson took the Carolina Panthers down on a last-minute drive this year and had 339 yards and two touchdown passes. So it's finally time for Uncle Tom to get his playoff quarterback in, and that appears to be Russell Wilson. Sony Michelle bounced back from an injury and had 21 fantasy points this week as he rushed for 133 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and is Rex Burkhead coming back, Mike? Yes, he is. So, you got to wonder. You always wonder with the Patriots. I mean, what they're going to do, what Bill Belichick is thinking. It would be a very Bill Belichick move to feature Rex Burkhead this coming week where, you know, nobody would be really expecting it. Um, You know... Obviously, Sonny Michelle has been good all year. Um, not as much in the previous two weeks or three weeks since he was coming off that injury, but, you know, you never know with the Patriots. Yeah, very true. Well, Uncle Tom, I did know, has picked up Nick Mullins, the quarterback for the San Francisco Giants. So it'll be interesting to see if he starts in, in a playoff game. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Russell Wilson is hes heating up. He's usually a second-half-of-the-year quarterback, so I probably wouldn't take him out of my lineup if I was him. Next game, I why the hell did I draft Bell? Evan falls to four and eight as Andy. You improved a five and seven with a one eighteen one hundred win over Evan. And uh, Andy Evans' team has given up the most points out of any team by a, a little bit of a margin over me this year. As depending on what happens this week, Evan could take down the Buzzsaw of the Year award. Yeah, poor Evan. He's had a lot of bad matchups. And uh, point-wise, he's put up a lot of points, too. Yeah. So it really just comes down to that. I mean, his team, when you look at it, on paper, they look pretty good. There's right. a lot of talent on the team. James Conner hurt him this week. He didn't have a good game. Only nine points for him. Um, 
Leonard Fournette got suspended. Uh, Adrian Peterson got tweaked up, banged up a little bit, so he didn't have his typical game. So if, if all his guys were playing at the level that they have been, I mean, he could have easily taken me down this week. Yeah. And Leonard Fournette is suspended because of a fight he had with the Buffalo Bills after scoring 23 fantasy points. Fournette has been an absolute beast since he's came back. 24 points, 20 points, and 23 and a half points. He's been really good for Jacksonville since he came back from his injury, but now he's suspended for a game, so he's had a disastrous season, just like the entire Jacksonville organization. Yeah, yeah. What a what a disappointing season, like we've talked about with that team. I think Evan did pick up Carlos Hyde. Not sure how much uh, playing time he's going to get, but you know, good pickup by Evan. That's debatable. We'll so see. Kessler throwing the throwing the ball. They're going to stack the box. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, all it all it takes is one goal line touchdown. Yeah, so. that's true. Very true. Well, Evan is out of the playoff chase after this loss. Andy, you're in the playoff chase, five and seven. You've got a good point total that could boost you up, but what you really need is a win this week. You've been scoring a lot of points lately, 118 points this week. Nick Chubb, Andy, wow. Nick Chubb is my dude. I love Nick Chubb. That touchdown that he caught, Mike, was dude, unbelievable. that was unreal. Randy Moss. That was unbelievable. So he led my team with 20 or, well, almost led my team. He had 25 and a half points. Not many rushing yards as we talked about, but he did get in the end zone. Uh, 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 and he had 84 rushing yards. But how many attempts did he have? 28. Like 28. So, But still, 84 yards, pretty good. Yeah, it's good. But 28's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of attempts. So yeah. I guess more, more the they average. The, the average was down. Running the clock out at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a potential league-winning asset, and that was a great pickup on your part. I mean, I wish I would have spent $99 on the guy because he's a plug-and-play top-10 running back right now. Mike, I spent $0 on him. Did you really? Uncle Tom actually owned him the beginning of the year, and he cut him like week two or three. So I thought, well, there's a chance. Carlos Hyde, he goes down every year with a few injuries. So mm-hmm. I just picked him up and held him. And, uh, Wise move. Wise move. Yeah, worked out in my favor for sure. Yes, it did. I mean, you're scoring a lot of points. You picked up Cameron Brait this week, I saw, because O.J. Howard went down for the year. He got a touchdown pass from famous Jameis Winston as the Bucks beat the Frisco 49ers. Uh, Marvin Ing- Mark, Ingram, Mark Ingram did not have the greatest game this week. 52 yards rushing, only seven points. Um, but the Saints just continue to roll. Antonio Brown, 10.5 points. Adam Thielen had a big week, 22.5 points with 125 yards and a touchdown, but Andy, he is questionable uh, and was a limited participant in today's practice. Yeah, he's been questionable the past three weeks, so I'm not overly too overly concerned with that. I expect him to play. Okay. Kirk Cousins and the Vikings and Thielen took down the Green Bay Packers this week on Sunday night football, and uh, Kirk Cousins had a good game. One of his best games of the year, really, Mike. He's been uh, somewhat inconsistent this year. Yeah. But – uh. He stepped up big time. I think it was his third highest scoring game of the year for me. Second highest scoring game of the year for Kirk Cousins this year. And he's torched Green Bay third twice. Highest. You're right. Third the uh, week two, he he uh, put up 425 yards and four touchdowns against Green Bay. So yeah, yeah, he has their number. You gonna put David and Joku in the lineup this week? No, no, okay. no. I'm gonna stick with Cameron Bright, um, just because I know Jameis likes throwing to his tight ends. So. Okay. Yeah, I know Njoku had 63 yards 
and a touchdown this week sitting on the bench for you. David Johnson, a letdown this week against the Chargers, but that game was a blowout. I expect uh, this next game against Green Bay to be closer. Yeah, he should bounce back. I mean, he's been playing really well ever since their bye um, and ever since they switched offensive coordinators. So, yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to get the ball much with, uh, with that team just getting their butts kicked by the Chargers this week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, next game, we are questionable. Uncle Joe versus Bless him. As Uncle Joe clinches a playoff berth, 96.5 to 94.5, a two-point win for Uncle Joe over Joe Marco, who falls to 6-6. Six and six. He's in the playoffs as we stand now, but he needs to win to continue because he does not have the high point total. Um, so he is the key for literally half the league to make the playoffs this week. He is. He is. And he controls his own destiny. If he wins, he's in. And we'll get into a bunch of the scenarios coming up, but man, that's, that's heartbreaking. A two point loss. And when he could have really, I mean, he could have clinched the playoff spot almost if he would have had a win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And nothing, no, no changes he could have made in his bench would have helped. Obviously it hurt him that Travis Kelsey and Brandon cooks were on a bye week this week, but he got Definitely. 14 and a half from Tyreek Cohen, 13 and a half from Dalvin Cook. Jarvis Landry, Andy, the last few weeks has been very disappointing as the Browns really haven't been make, getting him the ball. Um, Tyler Lockett, 18 and a half fantasy points. He, has, he had his best week of the season with Russell Wilson catching a touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. And um, that was a good move to put him in there. He has a, another easy matchup this week against the 49ers. So you yeah. can see him getting more points again. Yeah, absolutely. And Drew Brees, 20 points, probably the MVP of the league this year. Uncle Joe's team, Aaron Rodgers, Andy, 11 points. There's something, wrong. There's something wrong with him. Yeah, I mean, he got injured, what, was that the first week? Or was first that the second week, week? First week. And he has not yeah. been the same. No. Has no, not been the it. same all year. No, he really hasn't, Andy. He has only cracked 20 points four times this year, outside, three times outside of the first game. I mean, I think he's, what, the ninth-ranked quarterback this year? Usually he's easily top three. Yeah, he, he's really so. having a down year. Um, he had his worst, worst fantasy game of the season this week against the – Against the Minnesota defense, yeah. So it goes Arizona, Atlanta. So he should have two bounce back weeks for Uncle Joe, um, who will need it in the playoffs. Alvin Kamara, eight and a half points. They didn't really need him this week as the Saints blew out Atlanta, thirty-one to seventeen. Tevin Coleman, eight and a half points. Josh Gordon, who's been picking it up lately with Tom Brady, nine and a half points. He's getting about five catches and seventy yards every single game, so he's at least consistent in that front. Emmanuel Sanders had a big game as. Denver beat the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. That was a stunner. Yeah, that really was. They did not look good at all, really. Um, and I think they've had trouble. According to Hannah, they've had trouble in Denver the past six games they've played there or whatever. So, Okay. Rob Gronkowski did get back into the end zone this week as he was back. Uh, that was a great touchdown catch by him and Tom Brady. But three catches, 56 yards, touchdown, 12.5 points for Uncle Joe's tight end position. Gronk has been a disappointment this year. Huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. And he had a huge season last year. So um, that was, what, a second or third round pick for Uncle Joe? And, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's tight end 12 right now, Mike. Wow. Usually he's, usually he's one. One or easily. 
one one a really one b one a um the real reason that uncle joe won this game was not really because of any of his skill position players but because of his defense the ravens scored 20 points on the oakland raiders and andy the oakland raiders are favorites for the number one pick as they are the hot garbage team this year oh they're so bad they're absolutely horrendous. And I mean, the Ravens defense scored 20 points. I mean, Oakland made Lamar Jackson look like uh, an all-star. So, and somehow the Browns couldn't, didn't beat him. Thanks you, Jackson. You dope. Unbelievable. And refs. I mean, the refs literally handed them that game. Yeah. They took the ball out of the Browns hands and gave it to the Raiders. Well, uh, one guy on uncle Joe's bench who performed well was Kenyon Drake, a free agent pickup. He was involved in a trade and I believe released by Eric's team uh, re- pretty recently, but 23 and a half points for him on the bench. I wonder if he's going to be a contributor for the We Are Questionables moving forward. And I didn't understand that at all from Eric's uh, standpoint. I mean, Eric, he had one disappointing game for him where he scored four points. He hasn't been the most consistent player, but he does have breakout potential, um, yeah. which, which you saw this past week. So um, not sure why Eric let him go. Had he held on to him, he would have won by, you know, I think he only won by five points this week. So it would have been a lot more comfortable for him. But uh, Uncle Joe has him now, and like you said, we'll see if he sticks him in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Joe Marco's team is the key for a lot of teams, as we'll get into moving forward. Next game, Eric, Country Road, take Mahomes, 7-5, and five, as he beats Team Fantuzo, who falls to 5-7 and seven and has lost their fifth game in a row. <laughs> oh, boy. They were 5-2, and two, Mike during our midseason power rankings and they were um, securely locked in the playoffs. We, uh, we labeled them a pretender and uh, we're getting proved right here yep. by that. Well, I, Joe Fantuzo needs an absolute miracle to make it at this point. Saquon Barkley was really his only contributor, 29 and a half points. He had a great game. Um, although the giants lost, of course, of course. Yeah. Of course, and Duke, Duke hasn't done much at all, really, for him all year. Um, Mike, another person, we've talked about disappointments this year. Carson Wentz has been kind of a disappointment this year. Well, I think um, the whole Eagles team in general has been a disappointment this year. I mean, Carson Wentz, I think, I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury late in the season. It's going to take time for him to heal. I mean, I didn't expect him to be a great player this year and return to MVP form this year, but I expect him to next year. Yeah, in my opinion, he was rushed back um, because he he tore that what last December, yeah, November, December. So usually it takes you it know takes a, a full year to to get back to athletic, you know, especially the NFL, you know. Oh yeah, and he he started playing in week three, so I, I don't like to see that when organizations do that to players. You've seen so many players have their careers ruined. RG3, yeah. I mean, going over to the NBA, Derek Rose, who was the youngest MVP ever, and they right. kept rushing him back from injuries. It's just, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I know these organizations want to win, but, I mean, the consequences that could happen if he gets injured again, I mean, you're there goes your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. Well, you Andy, know? I can tell you that Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield have very similar touchdown to interception statistics right now, 17, both have 17 touchdowns. There you go. So I don't know if that's a tribute to Baker or that means Carson Wentz isn't doing well, but however, we'll, uh, we'll take it. Well, I think, you know, Carson Wentz is on a pedestal too, because he was, did he win MVP last year or he was definitely in the, he was in up, the conversation? He got injured. I mean, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Worked. But he was before that he was, I mean, he was killing it. He was lighting the league oh, yeah. up. 
Yeah. So I think, you know, you, for Baker, from a rookie standpoint, that's great. But Carson Wentz, who, whose team won the Super Bowl last year and who was an MVP candidate, you expect a little more from. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, Mike Evans, 14 points is only, only the other double digit score besides, of course, the Bears defense for Team Fantuzo. They only scored 83 points this week, Andy. And, uh, they, like I said, they really, really need a miracle to, to get in it. Um, had he started Tom Brady over Carson Wentz, he would have won the game. Yeah, and he would have been still by in the playoff hunt. By one point and still would have been in the playoff hunt. But Eric has clinched a playoff spot. And as we talked about with Todd Gurley and Patrick Mahomes on a bye, really needed a big outing from his supporting cast. And he got 22 points from Jameis Winston, his backup quarterback. But really the star of his team was Juju Smith-Schuster, who – had 13 catches for 189 yards and a touchdown with 30 fantasy points. He really, really carried those guys. Yeah, he saved Eric for sure. And Royce Freeman, the guy replacing Todd Gurley, only had one point. So, uh, like we talked about, Kenyon Drake, he would have had a lot more comfortable win had he kept Kenyon Drake. Um, Mike, Adam Humphreys has been a good pickup by Eric. He was a guy that I tried to get. I didn't have enough money. Um, but he's really, since like week eight – He's had some really good games. As long as Jameis is playing, uh, Fitzmagic doesn't throw him the ball, but Jameis yeah. does. I actually have him in another league as well. But Eric gets his stars back for the playoffs, and he is going to need them. Mahomes and Gurley, as Eric will be playing a first-round game. Curious to see if Eric is going to stick with the Jags' defense or not. They've been terrible this year, as we talked about. Um that might be something he wants to look at heading into the playoffs. One possible scenario, Andy, is if Uncle Joe loses and Eric wins this week, Eric would clinch first place in the Royalton division, thus earning the first round bye. That would be huge. So that, uh, that would be very interesting. So we actually do have a lot at stake this week. We have the division championships, neither of which are completely clinched yet, still up in the air. We have two playoff spots still up in the air as well. Well, the next game, Andy, let's go over the last one, which is a team has no name versus mixing it up. And Andy, I got buzzsawed again. What yeah, the hell? I know, Mike. Throw. Yeah, you've had a lot of points dropped on you the past three weeks. Um, Mark's that was his high scoring um week for the entire season i believe it was yeah. and uh he started off strong i mean we were as we were starting our live thanksgiving podcast amari cooper was balling out behind us on the tv and that really uh propelled his team to a victory yeah i mean uh, mark improved to three and nine 136 points i mean if he can keep that up he may avoid the toilet bowl for the second year in a row um Deshaun Watson, 29 points on Monday Night Football. He had a rushing touchdown, 210 yards passing, and two touchdowns. But Amari Cooper really was the stars of the show, like you mentioned, on Thanksgiving. 180 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, Dallas is finally seeing dividends from picking him up and trading two first-round draft picks for the guy. Definitely. And really, Mike, you were still in the game. I mean, it wasn't likely that you were going to win on Monday night, but you had a shot. But, you know, Deshaun Watson killed you. Yeah, really did. I picked up Curtis Samuel uh, last minute on Sunday, thinking I could start him in the flex, but been rolling with Deion Lewis, and he has been nothing short of a disappointment every single game this season, uh, aside from one, and he 
when he blew up, he was on my bench. So it didn't matter. Uh, Demarius Thomas, of course, on your bench, the bench him two touchdowns this week as well. So uh, I, I really am not sure what to do with my team. Um, I, I feel like I've got some decent players, but they just are not consistent at all. Sometimes it, it I know exactly how you feel because that was happening to me earlier on in the year too, where sometimes when you have too much depth, it, it just drives you nuts because you never know which guy to start. And it seems like whoever you do start Sucks. doesn't do well. And the, the people on your bench blow up. Right. I mean, that feeling is all too familiar for me. Yeah, so left a lot of points on the bench, unfortunately, but I don't really think they would have made all that much of a difference with Mark putting up 136 and me only putting up 111, which probably would have beat half the league once again. But hey, you know what? That's the that's the world we live in where I get buzzed out on a regular basis. The good news is it looks like you're still going to make the playoffs uh, just because of your point total. Even if you lose, um, you're probably going to be in. It would take something crazy to happen. Uh, for you to kind of fall out of that uh, position in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and we know what, 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 you know, if I don't make the playoffs, I'll just go back and we'll, we'll hit that schedule button again. And, you know, magically we'll, we'll, we'll just mess with it a little bit. So, yeah, that's right. We'll both be in it. So we know uh, how to make it happen. We, we can, we can do that. Just kidding everybody. So um, uh, was happy to see Ezekiel Elliott, 22 and a half points was rooting for him on the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Andrew Luck, Andy, he is no doubt about it. The comeback player of the year. Another 21 fantasy points. Andy, Andrew Luck has scored over 20 points for the last eight weeks in a row. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, that was a, a risky pick by you, but it's paying off. And even if he didn't play well, even if Andrew Luck um, wasn't living up to what everybody hoped he would be, you still had Jared Goff on your bench. So you did a good job protecting yourself uh, just in case. And then, Mike, going back to Zeke, Ever since you put Zeke on the trade block, he's blown up. I don't think he's had less than 20 points ever since you you uh, tried to trade him. Yeah, and not not a uh, not too bad of a schedule. So I mean, if I can get to the championship game, Zeke plays Tampa Bay, that would, which would be a uh, phenomenal matchup for him uh, in Week 16. So absolutely, we uh, we will see what happens moving forward. But uh, Andy, why don't we go over some of the playoff scenarios right now. So as we know, just based off of the standings, that both divisions are still in question. So Eric with a win and an Uncle Joe loss could clinch first place in the Royalton division. Uncle Joe, all you need to do is win again because that's all you seem to do is just win. You're eight and four, you win, you clinch. You're both still in the playoffs, obviously, but it just goes to towards your seating and whether or not you earn a first round buy. The Kareem Puffs and the Hard Knocks, Tom and Bill are tied nine and three atop that division, Andy. And really with the point totals, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty close. 1,339.5 to Uncle Tom's 1,306. So a difference of 33 points was just not an inconceivable amount not an inconceivable difference for Uncle Tom to make up should he need to if they end in a tie. Yeah, so a lot on the line there. And, Mike, isn't it crazy how it's come down to this last week? Like, I'm in several other leagues. And it's, it's pretty well-defined. Oh, it's so well-defined. I mean, it's been defined for the past, like, month Yeah. about how the playoff bracket is going yeah. to look. Well, I mean, um, literally, I mean, we, we, Andy, we can honestly say at this point, heading into the final week of the regular season, week 13 – not one of the playoff spots is actually set. Not no, one. 
Isn't that nuts? In, in action, in terms of actual seating. I mean, obviously, we know which four teams are in and yeah. clinched, but we just don't know their seating yet. Exactly. That's, that's insane. It just goes to show how competitive this league is. I mean, this league is the hardest league that I play in by far. It's not even close. It's my favorite by far. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't even compare. A lot of fun. Everybody tries. So even to the very end, nobody stops playing. No one stops. Bitter, bitter end. Well, Andy, we obviously, like we said, Uncle Joe, Eric, Tom, and Bill have clinched playoff spots. We have six playoff teams this year. And it looks like my team probably will make it win or lose because the donkeys have seven losses. Matt has seven losses. You have seven losses and team Fantuzo has seven losses. Yeah. You have, I have a higher point total pretty significantly besides I have about a 50 point edge on you. So I'm about at least 50 points up of anybody who would even be in contention. I would have to score a ridiculous amount of points and you would have to lose um, for you to have, you know, to be, to be knocked out. So is it possible? Yes. Is it likely to happen? Probably not. Right. Yeah. I would give my team probably like a 90% chance of making the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Uh, Joe Marco's team though, because his team is in the middle of point totals, he is the linchpin to this entire thing. He controls everything, Mike. There are so many scenarios that involve around Joe Marco, and I'm going to jump into a few of them here. Yeah. Um, so basically, all Joe has to do is win. If he wins, yeah. Yeah. he's got a playoff spot because he will have, that will put him to seven and six, and you know he'll have more, more wins than anybody else. Now, that's, that's true even if I win. If I win and Joe wins, Mike, listen mm-hmm. to this. Listen okay. to this. Okay. So that means – I will have missed the playoffs by 0.5 points. Oh, because you lost to him by Because 0.5. I lost to Joe by 0.5. Wow. And didn't you lose another game by like two points? Yeah, I lost to Eric by two points. Wow. So now if Joe loses. Well, Andy, and- your team has definitely been coming on the last few weeks since you made some big moves and uh, give you credit for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I, I'm still in it. I have a shot here. My chance to make it is if Joe Marco loses and I win. If that happens, I will have equal amount of wins to him and my point totals will be more than his unless he has a humongous week. But um, if he has a humongous week, chances are he doesn't lose. True. Good point. Unless both Matt blows up too. But, you know, what are the odds of that? Right. Now. Knock on wood. Exactly. <laughs> now. If Joe and I both lose, mm-hmm. Matt, Joey, and Joe Fantuzo are all in the hunt, but they're going to have to score a crazy amount of points. So the odds of that happening are not high, but there's still a shot. So that's why you got to keep playing down to the very end. You never know what could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have seen crazier things. I think last year I knocked Uncle Tom out of the playoffs by like 10 points Yeah, um, because we had the same record as well. So, I mean – it's very competitive, and it just goes to show, even though it doesn't seem like it early in the season, but every week counts. Because it matters. Yeah. It, our, our league just gets so bunched up. I mean, granted, we have 12 teams in this league, Andy. Legitimately, 10 of the teams have a shot at the playoffs. 10. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, Evan, Evan has had bad luck this year. I mean, there's no question 
Evan's team, um, where, where are they at? Has given up 1,254 points. I mean, granted, he's only given up three more or two and a half more points than me, but he has given up the most points so far this season. Matt given up, or actually, excuse me, Mark has given up the most amount of points this season. 1,283, then comes Evan, then comes me, then Matt, then Joe Marco. So, you know, you have to have a, a high amount of points to be able to compensate for that. And you, if you have a positive differential, it really goes a long way in, in winning games. Absolutely. And there's, it's definitely, you know, you have to have a good team. You have to score a lot of points. There's obviously some luck involved. I of mean, just, just look at what happened when the schedule got switched around and how people's records changed. Like I, I had eight wins at one point when, when you were trying to change that, that bracket and it changed the schedules. So, I mean, and then, you know, for me to even be in the hunt right now, this, this last week, I had to have Joe Fantuzo, Joe Marco and Joey Schmidt, both or all lose, which happened. And they did. So, I mean, the the odds of that happening are, are slim. Right. Um, But, you know, the the only thing you can do is just play week to week, um, try and, you know, play players with with good matchups and don't stop playing and pray and pray and eat your lucky charms. Well, Andy, I'm can I make a confession? (laughs) Let's hear it, Mike. I had a bowl of lucky charms this weekend. Didn't work. I got buzzsawed again. Well, I'm going to have to take that into consideration because I was thinking about eating my bowl of lucky charms this Sunday. Um, I think uncle Joe did something to lucky charms. They were tampered with in one way, shape or form. So I, uh, I would not recommend it. I will be burning them before this week begins. <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, anything else on the playoff scenarios? I know it's uh, a lot to handle. Yeah, nothing much. I mean, it's, it's coming down to the wire and uh, I'm excited to start playoff coverage. Honestly, it's going to be a fun yeah, fun year. Yeah. We're gonna have to preview all the matchups, and uh, and we'll have some some guests and everything like that. It'll be a, it'll be a fun fun season of playoff football. All right, Andy. Well, let's get into the picks for the week. Uh, see how we think everything is gonna shape out, and uh, we'll go over the NFL picks. So, how did we do in the uh, fantasy league picks this past week? All right. So I actually went over week eleven and week twelve because okay. I didn't have the information with me. So okay. In in week eleven with the fantasy. Mike, you went four for six. I went three for six. Um, week 12, Mike, you struggled a little bit. You went two for six. I went four right. for six. So okay. you, okay. You, you still have the lead. You're up 35-34. Close one, real close. Okay. All right. Yeah, very, very close. Okay. Well, let's go over these games here. So the first game we have, and let me get here, is dun 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 Blessem versus Lamar Miller, Joe Marco versus Matt in the most important game of the week. That affects those teams. I am going to keep faith in my team. I've been, I have been picking Matt's team, you know, so they need to pay me back here (laughs) that I had faith in them. I'm picking Matt's team. Once again, I think Joe Marco goes down. Andy, I have been picking Joe Marco's team a lot this year, and I feel like they've let me down when I've picked them. So I am going to go with Matt's team also. Very good. 
your game, Perennial Pretenders, Team of Donkeys. Mike, I'm a team of destiny. I'm winning this game, and I'm heading to the playoffs. Okay. Andy, I will also go with your team to win this game. Sorry, Donkeys and Joey. Joey will be too focused on getting to the Final Four at this point anyway. That's right. I can't blame him. Yeah. In an excellent game, Uncle Tom's team, 9-3 and three versus Uncle Joe's team, we are questionable 8-4. and four. Andy, this is projected to be within less than a point of the projections right now. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I'm going to stick with Uncle Joe. I think his lucky charms pay off and he gets the win. I was actually going to say Uncle Joe too. So we, uh, we are on the same page there. Uh, it does hurt Uncle Tom's team that Melvin Gordon is out. Uh, we'll see what he can do to compensate for that big loss. Absolutely. That's huge loss. But he does have Josh Adams and Sony Michelle and Josh Reynolds in his lineup. I mean, his team's still dangerous. It is. We can only just hope that Denzel Ward keeps DeAndre Hopkins in check for the Browns' sake, not for Uncle Tom's fancy team's sake. That's right. That's right. And uh, Josh Adams played pretty well for him. Past two weeks, really, he's played pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Team Fantuzo, why the hell did I draft Bell? Joe Fantuzo versus Evan. I am going to go with Evan's team because they've scored a lot of points and – I think Fantuzo is going to lose his sixth in a row. Yeah. Just for the sake of keeping our head-to-head interesting, uh, I'm going to go Joe Fantuzo. I think Evan's going to win, but I will pick Joe Fantuzo. All right. You, you don't have to do the same. If we have the same, that's okay. There's going to be playoff games where we differ. Well, you're, I'm behind you by one game. Okay. So I'm going right. to try, try and make it up. Eric versus Mark. Mixing it up. Three and nine, country road, take Mahomes, seven and five. It's projected to be a close one, too, within a point. Yeah. Now, I talked to Mark yesterday um, because we were thinking about having him on as a potential guest. He couldn't make it because he was busy with with schoolwork. He had a a paper to get done uh, for tomorrow. But he told me, sorry, he couldn't make it. And he told me that he has no plans to uh, be the toilet bowl champion this year, Mike. Mm. So – um, that well, being said, his team did not show like show up like they were toilet bowl champions. No, they did not. Last they week. did not. That being said, I'm still going to go with Eric's team. Yeah, I'm going to go with Eric's team too. Patrick Mahomes is playing the Oakland Raiders. Enough said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Kareem Puffs nine and three versus a team has no name. My team six and six. Andy, I, I looked at, I set my lineup this week and I was like, damn, my team's looking good. They're projected to score 109.5 points, which is, uh, which I was like, I don't see any other team projected to score. Oh, <laughs> Bill's team projected to score 118. Are Might you be the buzzsaw like, again. Only, the only two teams projected to score over 100 <laughs> points. Andy, if I get buzzsawed again, Andy, I'm, I'm going to buzz my hair off. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, oh my gosh. But you know what? This game, for me, not a huge game. If I win, whatever. I, I, I believe I'm in the playoffs as long as I make a good showing of it. So uh, I think Bill probably has more at stake if he loses this game and Tom wins um, just simply for playoff seating. Yeah. So um, I just think he has too – my dad has too much firepower. And it's not going to matter for you, Mike. I think you're pretty securely in the playoffs. 
Um, but I'm gotta, I got to go with my dad's team, especially since, you know, Austin Eckler, you know, is going to be starting now. So I'm going to make it interesting and take my team and they're going to pretend like they did not see Bill's 118 projection. Yeah, just close your eyes to it. Yeah, we're just going to put our blinders on and go about our business. Well, let's move on to week 13 of the NFL games. Andy, how did we do last week or the last two weeks? All right, last two weeks. Uh, Mike, in week 11, you picked seven games, correct? I picked yeah. nine. Ooh. But, Mike, you killed it last week. You had 11 games, correct, nice. to my eight. But, Ooh. listen, we are tied. It's 70, really? 79. No on the way. season. Yeah. Evan picked five. He was our guest um, on the NFL roundtable. He only picked five games correctly. Yeah, well. Rookie. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. He, he was just taking, he, he was taking cities that he liked to, that had the best shopping, I think. He's a big shopper. Big shopper. So, all right. Well, the first game we're going to pick is tomorrow night's game, which is a doozy. The Saints and the Cowboys. I'm actually looking forward to watching this one. Yeah, so am I. Uh, I'm going to pick the Saints. I hope Mark Ingram has a big game, and I hope Drew Brees uh, tweaks an ankle and is out for the for the game because Joe Marco has oh, That's him. harsh. That's harsh. Well, I, I mean, Andy, I, I don't know how anybody in their right mind really could pick against the Saints right now. So that being said, I'm going to pick the Cow. Never mind, I'm picking the Saints. <laughs> Saints. Very good. Giants and Bears. Give me the Bears and their defense. Is Mitch Trubisky back or is Chase Daniel playing? He's still questionable, okay. um, but I'm still going to go with the Bears in that defense. Okay. Cardinals, Packers. Um, oh, man. I mean, the Cardinals are – they're right there with the Raiders, so I, I got to go with the Packers. Yeah, Packers. Colts, Jaguars. I'm going to go with the Colts here. Me too. Colts seem to be on a roll lately. Browns, Texans. This is going to be a great game. Um, I can't wait for it. Um, it could go either way, but like I talked about, I think the Texans are a good team. I think they've had a cupcake schedule, so I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to go with the Texans, unfortunately. Panthers, Buccaneers. This game could get ugly. Uh, I think the Panthers are going to dominate that weak defense. Yeah, I agree. Panthers. Dolphins Bills. This is an interesting one. Who's starting for the for the Bills at quarterback Josh nowadays? Is, back. Josh is he back? Okay, I, I'm going to go with the Bills. Okay, I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this one. Uh, Broncos Bengals. <laughs> Hugh Jackson continues to lose. Go Broncos. The curse of Hugh Jackson 2.0. Broncos win. Ravens Falcons. Uh, Falcons are really kind of in a downward spiral right now. I got to go with the Ravens. I think Lamar runs all over them. I disagree. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Rams, Lions. Oof. Rams are going to light them up. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. And the Chiefs and the Raiders, Andy. All right. What's next? Jets, Titans. Oh, man. Um, uh, I'll go with the Titans. J-E-T-S. I'm not picking the Jets. Go Titans. <laughs> I wrote down Jets. <laughs> I didn't say it. I spelled <laughs> it, so it doesn't count. 
Vikings Patriots. Good game. Four twenty-five Sunday afternoon. Well, I need big things from my two Vikings stars, so I'm going with the Vikings. Sony Michelle and the Pats. I'm going to take them. 49ers Seahawks. 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 I'll take the Seahawks. Chargers Steelers. Oh, that's a good game. It is a good game. Sunday night football. I am going to go. Is it in Pittsburgh? It is in Pittsburgh. All right, I'm going with the Steelers. I'm going to take the Chargers. I think the Steelers are in their heads. Own heads. Monday night football, Redskins-Eagles rivalry. I am going Eagles. Bounce back. I am also going Eagles. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, Andy, you got anything else? Well, good luck to everybody. It's been a really fun fantasy football season yet again. Um, Another really competitive year. And uh, there's a lot riding on this last week. Um, Good luck to everybody. And um, may the best teams move on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this week pans out. And hopefully everybody's players stay healthy, except for the players that – never mind. I'm not even going to say it and jinx it. (laughs) Hopefully everybody stays healthy, wealthy, and wise. And hopefully everybody enjoyed our extremely long, our longest podcast of the season – uh, Andy, we just uh, probably could do a whole nother hour, but we're probably not going to. So uh, I am done. I have nothing else to say, believe it or not, after two hours of talking. And uh, Andy, got anything else? Have a good night, everybody. All right. We're out. Later. <laughs>